This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the show. Brought to you with Levi Solicitors. Good, aren't they? Very good. Very yeah. good. And particularly good if you can get 10% off. Yeah. If only such a thing were possible. Yeah. 10% discount on your legal fees. uk forward slash the square ball. Useful in all sorts of walks of life, like moving house. Business disputes. Yes. Yeah. Good for that, it turns out. Yeah, if your business has lost like loads of money. <laughs> no, of any. <laughs> More about that in weeks to come. Um, in the meantime, TSB Plus is our members package where you get our entire back catalogue of magazines since 2009. Digital versions, uh, dedicated podcast feed, ad-free all sorts of perks. Um, the extra ball as well, bonus podcasts if you like these. There's plenty more over there, including actually the tale this week of Rob's journey over to go try and find Pablo, which you may have read about on the blog, but you get to see his face, his your little emotional face. Yeah, the, the restraining order isn't in place in Spain, so it was all right. Excellent. Um, you can get details of that at thesquareball.net forward slash plus. Part one of the show then, this is where we delve through the latest Leeds news. And um, I realised in, in all the sort of match coverage when we spoke about uh, the Crystal Palace game. We didn't really touch on the incident, the plane incident, um, with it landing back at, at Leeds Bradford Airport. We all know, obviously, everything was fine, but you would shit your pants if you were on board a flight and you smelt burning. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't you? I mean, that's... When we spoke to uh, Bryn about it, it didn't sound fun. No. Uh, Bryn was on board the flight. Was it 1998? It was the yeah. flight back from London after the... Was it the West Ham game? Because George Graham wasn't on it, was he? He was hanging he... around in London with his London friends. He yeah. was. And... Um... David O'Leary injured his shoulder because he was trying to open an emergency exit yeah. door the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> no, David, the other way. But yeah, I mean, we, we laugh about that, but when Bryn's told us that story, um, which I think that's over on the Extra Ball feed, isn't it, when he told us about, about... About eight, three years ago. <laughs> ages ago. But it is pretty terrifying and it does take you right to the heart of what it must have been like to be on there. Sort of darkness descends and alarms going off. Mm. And, no, not for me. I mean, and Leeds Bradford Airport is a terrifying airport at the best of times, isn't it? If you've ever landed there, it's always you very wobbly. It's the, high, it's the highest like international airport in the country, isn't it? Um, and it's so it's like I think it used to be former RAF base or whatever back during the war, but then they just kept it on for civilian means. But it's at the top of a hill. Moscow still calls it Yeadon. It is Yeadon Aerodrome. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and he still calls Manchester Airport ringways. <laughs> but it is, it is at the top of a hill and it gets absolutely horrific sidewinds, which you would think would exclude it from being a good spot for an airport but no <laughs> it's the best we can do in Yorkshire have, have you ever I, I once there was I, was on a, I think it was a Ryanair flight back from Dublin and I genuinely thought I was going to die it was that bad the bad hangover yes but also the, the wings were kind of going like that mm. which is me doing big tilts and I thought surely that wing is going to hit the ground when we <laughs> land because we were listening side mm. to side so much which is that wasn't fun and everybody did applaud you know people applaud on flights these days when it, when it lands successfully it's the only occasion I, where I, I thought... I will say I never applaud. No, no, no. I, no do I. And I sit there in silent scorn of everybody who does. I think, well, you've, you've not killed us. You've not done your job. Brilliant. Well done. But on that occasion, people applauded. I didn't join in, but I thought, yeah, you're fine. You're fine doing that. <laughs> I was on a flight in um, in Peru. It was like an internal... Have you been to South America? Have, yeah. oh, right. a, little, um, a little internal flight. And when the plane landed, it played the little Ryanair thing. And I thought, they've got a Ryanair cast off. That's absolutely brilliant. I'm, I'm hugely reassured by this. Really? Yeah. So they were obviously very, it, they had none of the branding on it anymore. But yeah, for some reason, the little, it was obviously some button that the pilot had to press to, as like the we have landed button. Yeah, and it played a little, played a little Ryanair. The little, the was, is that what it is? Do they definitely have that? Any pilots do get in touch. Press the button. Is there a, we've, we've it, landed button. We've it was landed. actually uh, Nobby Solano playing a little trumpet like in this. <laughs> See, that would have been lovely. Um, um, but speaking of planes, by the way, could you, um, do you want to do, should we, should we see if we can upset some scousers? Uh, how? Oh, I mean, they're upset at most things anyway, <laughs> aren't they? But, they're, they're a volatile bunch of the Scousers. I don't do anything that'll properly upset them. 
Well, I, I, can you just? I mean, I'll, I'll qualify and I'll explain it afterwards. But put on your best Scouse accent, and I've, I've, I haven't explained what this is about. I just want you to read. Where's the, it come from? Those couple of paragraphs. This is the Liverpool website. Their own web, the official one. Yeah, yeah. Sustainability. It's a word we hear mentioned a lot. I think that was a bit off. Never mind. Most people think it's just about the environment. And while that's definitely a big part of it, it's actually about our society as a whole and how we can all act in a way that will protect the Scouse future. The you, Red you, way, you added the word Scouse, didn't you? The Red Way is how we're making a positive difference to sustainability. The, by, red, the red Way. By focusing on our people, our communities and our planet and using our voice for good to help the next generation of Reds. Sustainability isn't just about the big things. It's about making the little changes and adjustments to our daily lives that, over time, will have the greatest impact. A sustainable future is our greatest goal. This is the Liverpool way of doing things. This is. This is the Red Way, a special way, a very <laughs> special way of saving the planet. So Liverpool. No one else has thought of it. <laughs> We're the first people to have a recycling bin. You're paraphrasing <laughs> a little bit now, aren't you? Yeah. What actually is it? Um, this is off their website. This is their sustainability policy. And it's not just a sustainability policy, it's the Red Way. They've flown to Rangers. They've flown to Glasgow, by the way, um, to be met 200 miles away, to be met mm. by their coach, which is driven up at the airport. Wow, okay. <laughs> so uh, so there's that. Uh, what, what and, and I know, and I, they've said they're going to do... What are they doing? What do you mean? Well, they said they've got all this this redway. What is the redway? Well, well they actually they, they do a lot of carbon offsetting and stuff like that and plant. Now, that's not really green, though, is it? Carbon offsetting. But they're planting a load of trees is what they're saying. They're, they're saying they're carbon neutral. That's what people do when they can't be asked doing other stuff is offsetting. You right. just go, oh, I'll pay for someone in fucking Brazil to plant some trees and that means we can fly to Glasgow. Well, about, about I think 20 people on a flight to Glasgow is about seven and a half tonnes of um, carbon dioxide. I worked it out on one of those online calculator things that you can mm. do. Well, it a is, lot of, lot of carbon to offset. It is three and a half hours on a train for them. Mm. Which they, from Liverpool. So they, they can't be expected to go on a train for three and a half hours, can no, they? No, absolutely not. We uh, obviously did fly to... I was just about to say, we have Alice. just been talking about flying back. I mean, and, and this, this is why I kind of I, I was in two minds about doing this because I didn't want to alert because the Liverpool fans on the internet are mad, but uh, everyone does it. I know they all do it, I, mm. but I don't know if everybody does it to this extent on the website, <laughs> like trying to paint it as something special when everyone's kind of everyone's doing it. Forest Green Rovers are green. They are. They are yeah, properly yeah. green because they do. They actually have like electric buses and stuff, but they can only do short trips on it. <laughs> But they've got, they're building a wooden stadium and stuff, aren't they? Which sounds like a death trap, but apparently not. Mm. They also appointed Dave Hockaday, though. So that is, know. that is true. Um, back to the actual football then. And should we, well, where should we start? 21s, because they've been doing well. Yeah, quite fun, aren't they? 21s, I support them more than the, the, uh, <laughs> more than the first team, if I, if I, if I think about it. Because <laughs> they seem to score goals and, and have fun matches rather than, rather than the first team that's just drudgery at the moment. I mean, speaking of Liverpool, there is a, and it just returns back to a theme we've been speaking about this week on the various shows about like fans were all, everyone in the Premier League, barring probably Man City, is unhappy on some level or another. Mm. Maybe Arsenal are quite pleased at the minute, but obviously they'll be very disappointed after we beat them at the weekend. Um, we'll do the preview for that in, in part two of this show. Uh, but everybody, everybody always thinks they should be the level above where they currently are, and therefore everyone ends up unhappy. And I was chatting, I was chatting to um, Phil about it this morning. Because he pointed me in the direction of a Liverpool fans, you know, it's, you know Tony Evans, the journalist who, mm. who tends to cover Liverpool, saying that FSG have actually the the, the Americans there have actually done a pretty reasonable job, all things considered. And and I think he's, the the subtext is you're not happy because you're not Man City, but you still won't want Man City's owners as owners because I can't think of a club that would kick off more than Liverpool if they got like you know sort of sports washing owners. Oh, so, you know, I think a lot of them would be alright. No, I think it? the internet lot would be. Mm. I think the, the hardcore old school fans would hate it. Yeah, it's probably true. It's shit though, isn't which, it? which you could say of any club, by the way. You could the way to solve it would be to just kick out the sports washing type people, mm. not let them buy clubs in the first place. But they're in now, aren't they? So everyone has to try and compete with them. Yeah, it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> so we just watch watch the kids instead. Which but is at which least is Liverpool fun. are saving polar bears. Absolutely, so um, that's good. But it is fun, isn't it? I think you know we go back to the time of Bielsa. One of the things we kind of we hit upon when he went was that that whole period we we felt very joyful, like we were kids again enjoying football in that same way that we did as kids just for the sake of it being a load of fun mm. to watch I think that taps into what the 21s are doing here as well they're just dead fun well I watched the did you watch the game at Tranmere in the in the Papa John's as five, well the 5-3 yeah it was a great laugh it was fun wasn't it because <laughs> they we, we were shit at defending and then we just looked like we'd score every time we weren't forward it was great I think having a uh, front six of when you're holding midfielders as Sam Greenwood who's a striker <laughs> yeah. and Darko JB who 
is very good on the ball. And then you've got Sonny Perkins, Joffy Gelhar, Willie Nyonto, and yeah. Matteo Joseph. It was like Kevin Keegan's entertainers <laughs> on Red Bull, basically. I mean, with the, the um, to use the word, your favourite word, with the caveat that Tramia are a League Two side, and we did have an actual Italy international playing up front, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit unfair, but I like battering teams. It, must, it made me think what, watching Man City must be like. Yeah. Well, you just look loads better than them for quite a bit of the game. Well, they're just like the Harlem Globetrotters of football now, aren't they? Mm. They're so, like, so far ahead. But yeah, I really like them. Um, I didn't, was it, were we not allowed to watch this Sunderland game actually? It wasn't on, was it because of Monday Night Football? Because of the it? thrill of um, Aston Villa, Nottingham Forest. Wow. I mean, so many people would have would have tuned into this rather than that, wouldn't they? It's, uh, it made a big impact on the viewing figures. Have you seen that the AFL today actually have, uh, they're on about taking out the um, when they renegotiate the new TV deal, taking out the three PM blackout potentially. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, if you're not familiar with that, if you're not in the UK, there's no football allowed to be showed during the three to five slot on a Saturday. Is it? It's kind of stupid because it just means that every game gets moved. So rather than it, they go, oh, you can't watch it if it's a three. Not on telly. If it's at half five on telly, if it's half twelve, whatever, any of the new slots, quarter to eight on a Saturday night, that's all fine. Yeah. But three o'clock for some reason is well, sacred, they, even though they move every other fixture. But for they, they don't want people to watch a game on TV there rather than going to. But, but none the of the stadium. game. But in the Premier League, none of the games are at three anyway because they've all been moved, moved for TV. So, <laughs> but, you're not, but, so you're not stopping anyone watching anything. And even then, in this day and age everyone can stream every game anyway because all matches in the Premier League are broadcast level matches for the for the international market, aren't they? It's yeah. stupid. We I mean, thankfully we never watch any of the three o'clock kickoffs. No. We just yeah. we just watch on the radio, don't we? Watch teletext. Yeah. <laughs> we just wait for the page wait for page three oh three to come round. If you are under a certain age, you won't ever have um, known the excitement of like watching on teletext. It's a bit like watching it on Twitter now. <laughs> but without the instant updates or without because, any detail yeah because the, the scores would just be cycling on a page like there'd be three pages of scores because the text was so big and blocky and you know you, if you're on page if you're playing West Ham away you're going to be at the bottom aren't you there on the third page so you're just waiting for it to cycle around every sort of 20 seconds for each page wasn't it and then one day at time it'd say Rod Wallace 33 minutes and you'd yeah. go get in <laughs> <laughs> great it's such exciting times to watch I, did, I discovered we'd signed Lee Sharp on teletext <laughs> yeah look I'm just looking at this weekend's fixtures do you know how many three o'clock Saturday games there are? One, two. 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 So there are two. No, and there are. We sounded like roadies then, didn't we? One, there, are, two, one, two. <laughs> there are four Sunday two o'clock games. So yeah. maybe Sunday two o'clock should be the blackout. Right. If that's where more of the games are, doesn't that. Isn't that. Is Sunday two o'clock the new the reason, Saturday three o'clock? <laughs> the reason why they'll end up. Um, they'll just televise Saturday three o'clock in the end. Money. And also, and it's stupid. So I kind of think it's stupid not because you can watch them anyway yeah and people do if you've got even the, the smallest level of determination you can watch any game at 3 o'clock but not the under 21s but not the under 21s <laughs> no there was no one um, I guess the actual streaming from the stadium is a, is a problem there because it wasn't it wasn't being broadcast in um, America or anything was it that one but mm. we do keep winning which is good yeah what was it it was 1-0 wasn't it and Nonto got that uh, that goal at the it was the near post, wasn't it? It's the um, the first game Sonny Perkins has played all season without scoring, so I think we should get rid of him. Absolutely, shot. He's, he's he's over the hill now. Just looking at the side, so yeah, it's a bloody strong side, is that, isn't it? I really, I have to say, I really like bits I've seen of them this year. I think um, JB looks great. I can't wait to see him in an actual game because he just he just looks like he can do every midfield thing really well. Like he's dead good at tackling. He can run with the ball. He can find passes. He's just really composed. Who's the lad who went to Southampton? Is it um, Lavia, Romeo Lavia, yeah. mm. who was also a central midfielder from Man City mm. but went for like 10 million rather than five? And he's been playing, hasn't he? So I've kind of, in my mind, I've got, he's dead good, so I hope JB's exactly the same. Isn't he the guy that Chelsea reportedly bid about 50 million quid for about two weeks later? Yeah. Was that when Bowley went through his, his phase of being the mm. sporting director? They'd watched him play like three games for Southampton and went, Sign, sign this guy <laughs> sign this guy yeah the Papa John's as well that was good fun um, so maybe we just need to put all the 21s in for a bit to reignite the fun maybe so maybe so I mean to win the, the Papa John's would be quite funny it, yeah I did write for the blog last week about how um, can we go to Wembley we send in Joffy to play in the Papa John's to sort of right the wrongs mm-hmm. of our time in League 1 when we never got to win it can, we, not... can we go to Wembley is it, is it at Wembley it will be yeah oh, that'd be great <laughs> And I mean, we might get, I think in the group stages, the games are all away. But if you, if we can get through the group stages, you'll get games at Ellen Road as well. 
Oh, so it might we might we probably would actually sell out Ellen Road for we would as well, wouldn't uh, we? For a Papa John's game, which would be that'd be mad. amazing. Even when we were in it, there were about eight thousand people there, <laughs> and we hated every minute. Of it. But that was the Johnston's Paint Trophy. It was a different time. That's that was true. the JPT, not the PJT. Yeah, because everyone likes pizzas, don't they? Yeah, tastes paint. much better than paint. Paint. Yeah. You ever eaten paint? Um, probably have at some point. Mm. Not on purpose. Out of boredom. <laughs> Just the shades of it's Ralph Wiggum, isn't it? Who, uh, <laughs> Sing, um, just the lead. I've got paint in my mouth. Eating the lead paint off the skirting boards. <laughs> uh, uh, as for the first team, not getting Cody Hackpo, are we? That, I'm really surprised. Yeah, he's uh, too expensive. Probably, well, the, the, probably too good. The mirror said we were getting him. Mm. It was then, good how this changed day by day, wasn't it? <laughs> it? Wasn't the story that we'd agreed personal terms? This mm. was the mirror story. Was that we'd agreed personal terms? but we still needed to agree a fee. And then mm. David Ornstein and The Athletic reported the following day, we were close to agreeing a fee, but Gakpo really doesn't care <laughs> and doesn't want to join us. I mean, it might be that we've agreed a fee and have got terms that he would accept, but he goes, yeah, but not there. He's, he's, pla- <laughs> he's placed us firmly in the friend zone here, hasn't he? We've had eyes for him for a while. Yeah. He's like, no, nah, I really I really like you as a friend. And, yeah. and that's obviously devastating. Um, I'd like us to just sign a left back in the January window or ever ever at some point I was going to say in the uh, the joy of the under 21s is that as fun as they are going forward and scoring lots of goals um, Monday night in the win over Sunderland uh, was still another opportunity to just think why do we not have a left back um, and, the, and the person playing left back went off injured didn't he it was Sutcliffe he did it? yeah so Harvey Sutcliffe has played there the last couple of games he's a right back um, he follows on from Keenan Carroll who's a winger and <laughs> Alfie McCallum who's a midfielder and then Harvey Sutcliffe got injured. He played very well, actually. And then on came Charlie Allen, who's a striker, I think, or an attacking yeah, midfielder midf- anyway. Attacking midfielder is needed generally for the under-21s. Um, and he did quite well for that last 10 minutes up against a winger that Scum have hilariously paid uh, up to £37 million for and is now on loan at Sunderland playing in their under-21s. What? Uh, which is very good. Yeah, a guy called Ahmad Diallo, who is... Oh, right, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's, the name, yeah. Yeah. he's an Ivory Coast international. He's gone on loan to Sunderland and Tony Mowbray has says, well, he needs to learn how to play competitive football. So he's now playing for their under-21s against <laughs> ours and getting dominated by uh, two players playing out of position, which I is hope, good. I hope they have to pay all £37 million regardless <laughs> and the Glazers reward themselves by taking another uh, dividend from that club they've earned <laughs> they it. deserve it they they, do they, deserve they've it. done great work haven't they great work green and gold until we are sold um, from the 21s to uh, the women uh, 5-0 against Chorley the top of the league that is good objectively good that is good there are Barnsley and Newcastle are both within touching distance with a game in hand so could be could be useless rubbish but it is only, it's only one promotion place from this league isn't it it um, is the north division Slight hiccup in that Laura Bartup, who has been scoring a lot of goals for the women, has now left to join Hull City. It's, Traitor. Yeah, I mean, you, you say that. <laughs> we gather it's down to just personal circumstance and commutes and training. Hating Leeds United. It's training and stuff like that. <laughs> no, it's not. No. Um, so, good luck to her, but you better stop scoring now because um, mm. they're in the same division, aren't well, they? Well, Hull are, I mean, Hull are six. Pathetic. Out of a division of 12, that is, we should say, because that would be pushing for Europe if it was the Premier League. Yeah. But, but not... Um, any other high points to, to note from the last week? Have we skirted around all the first team stuff as much as we can? <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's it, isn't it? Not much oh, We've had some sackings, haven't we? Well, Carlos Corbran, actually, yeah, he's second favourite for the West Brom job. But is he is he holding out for the Leeds job? <laughs> Possibly. I, don't know. I can see your, your doom uh, scenario is just starting to unfold in your head, isn't it? Mm. I can no, tell it's it is. Un- it's unfolded. We've seen who else is supposedly in the running for that West Brom job. Where mm, not really Chris Wilder's another one who's just mm. been sacked I think Gary Rowett's another one who could be just about to get sacked and God, I think, the, cha- the championship's an awful place I think Roy Keane might be the bookies favourite I think Roy Keane has dismissed it I think. oh has he I think he, said, I think he said there was absolutely no truth in it or something like and that and then um, Middlesbrough are on about hiring Lee Catamull as manager <laughs> which would be interesting <laughs> did they point? not learn from appointing Woodgate uh, evidently not because the one Steve Agnew was his number two who did a horrendous job as the caretaker manager there as well and they tried to hire Michael Carrick, who's another person who's not a manager. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the more every name that you would add to the pile here just makes me grateful to not be in that division think, anymore. As much as we're hating the Premier League, I think Michael Carrick's just is kind of the next on the list after the goal. We've got Gerard and Lampard out. Like, mm. Owen Hargreaves <laughs> is he about Carrick? Jermaine Genus is busy, <laughs> yeah. isn't he? <laughs> just get some, just get someone out of the nineties to two thousand to, to managers. We're previewing Arsenal 
uh, on Sunday. Looking forward to this one? Um, yeah, not much. They're quite good, aren't they? Um, Seems to be. I mean, we go. We often rely on the information from internet charlatans who scored.com, strengths and weaknesses this is. Strengths, they've got a lot. I don't need to necessarily list them all, but a lot of it relates to scoring goals and that. Mm. And attacking. Score, creating them, scoring them, team stuff, individual stuff. Good at all of it, aren't they, at the minute? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't see this coming, I have to say. I sort of assumed Arteta was going to be sacked at some stage because he's been there ages now, hasn't he, for, in Premier League terms. And I thought I thought they'd just have another drop. It still might happen, in fairness. They might lose far on the bounce and they'll, they'll all want him sacked. And starting be a walk, on Sunday. He'll be a war criminal again. No, think start, do you think starting on Sunday? You should state very clearly. I know we've mentioned that before, <laughs> so we know the reference to war criminal. That was what they, were, they said on, was it Arsenal fans? TV? Arsenal fans TV said it was a war crime that right. he was he was committing. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. Like they, their fans generally hate their team and manager mm-hmm. and everything about that club. And yet this year, a mate of mine who's an Arsenal fan has been texting me getting very, very excited very, very quickly. I think he's, he started out sort of being sarcastic, being like, are you ready to see the new Invincibles? And then at the weekend, when they beat Liverpool, it was, uh, oh, we're preparing the Open Top Bus Tour now. So, God, I hope we win and just ruin it. <laughs> I mean, it could be a Thomas Christensen in the Championship start where they just go off, mm. get off to a bit of a flyer and they think, but yeah, we've cracked it here. And then they, they get absolutely slapped down by Jesse Marsh and his high-pressing penis. Right, run with my logic here. So I'm looking at the table. They've played nine games. I think let me just update this because uh, it has a tendency to show the wrong information if I don't. Uh, played nine games, won eight, drawn none. They've lost one. They've scored 23 goals. They've conceded 10 out of nine games. So that means on average they concede one per game. If we get that one per game first and then get another one and don't concede one, we might win. I don't think you needed the the initial statistics to say that <laughs> I think that would have been that would have remained true could have pared that one down that's maths that's how it works <laughs> yeah we always play badly against Arsenal don't we? and last year the home game was a bit of a horror show they, they destroyed us in the first half I think it was it, it could have been about 6-0 by half time as I remember it yeah I mean we did have a load of kids out that day didn't we yeah yeah it was drama at left back at right back Cock was playing his, he wasn't fit, was he? But I think he was the only centre-back we had and he'd not played since the opening day. So he came back in. Um, Joffe and Roberts were the two central attacking players because did Rodrigo have COVID or was he just injured? I can't remember. Bamford was obviously injured. Harrison went, went off injured. Somerville came on. Then McCarron came on for Somerville later in the game. Yep. It was it was just a fucking champion. I remember um, <laughs> it was a really strange day because I remember drinking in town with some friends beforehand. And it was like one of the first times I'd felt, I would say after the pandemic or during the pandemic or whatever, but one of the first times I felt like, oh yeah, this is what like just being out used to feel like. But mm-hmm. everyone knew that, oh, we're about to go back into lockdown. But there was a sense of, should we just stay in the pub? Because <laughs> <laughs> we knew what was about to happen. And it's just before Christmas as well. You, it's the one of the few chances you're going to have to have a nice time before they, sh- they shut it all down again after Christmas. I, I dodged COVID that day because I was due to doing the match ball and selling the mag before the game a lot of my mates went out and I was I was going to meet up with afterwards but they were all like leathered on the way home by then but I think like seven out of eight of them all got COVID that day oh, as well yeah. so I did I did not ruin Christmas at least yeah well which was something yeah it, yeah that was not pretty arrow yeah now you've I've just had loads of memories flooding back from that dreadful dreadful game yeah because we were quite, we were lionized by, by a lot of other fans on Twitter at that point for not cancelling our fixtures which a lot of other clubs had mm. done which I kind of wish we had done now, to be, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah, would it have made any difference? I don't know. When I was looking back into um, what had happened in that game, because I remembered it being awful, but yeah, I did uncover the stat that it, um, Opta said it was the most shots on target in the first half of a game um, since, they, since they had started collecting that stat in 2003. It's almost like we had a bunch of kids in there, isn't it? I mean, it was bad as well. Like it was just, it was. I remember Martinelli just constantly running past drama on it. drama <laughs> on that side, and then was Saka also. Just destroying us as well. I just remember the whole Everyone, thing. Odegaard, whole, Odegaard, Odegaard had loads of space. Odegaard just kept dropping into spaces. I'm thinking, why isn't somebody getting him? Yeah, it was it was horrendous. It was awful, wasn't it? Yeah. Or, or what he'd do is he'd just drop into space. And then he's because we were still under Bielsa at that point, weren't we? His marker would follow him, but not closely enough, and he just turn away from him, whoever it was. Mm. Probably Robin Cock or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. Just, it just not 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 a fun day out. It was bad. So that that was four one and could have been a lot worse. The two one defeat away could probably have been worse as well. I know we we scored a late goal didn't we to bring, make it look tight but I think the reality of that game was that it wasn't tight well I had the referee had the bent ref not sent off Ailey <laughs> that we would have won that it was a it was a borderline red <laughs> same ref it's the same ref isn't it this weekend oh, it? It right. is, yeah. Yeah. yeah 
I mean, we hilariously imploded in that game. 20 minutes, 2-0 down. Melier gave Nketiah that goal. And mm. uh, yeah, Aylin just going two-footed through one of their players. It was like a, ah, we might we be, just go home now? It was a, That day was very much like, I think we might be going down there. Mm. Yeah. Because their heads had gone, hadn't they? I've got a feeling Burnley were starting to pick up a few points at this stage as well, having looked dead and buried. So it was one of those where you think, hmm, kind of knackered here. The one, but we weren't. Well, the, the one glimmer of hope going into this, and I always, you know, try and cling on to this, even though I can't say I'm particularly looking forward to this one. You know, you've got a feeling you know which way it's going to go. But then we all felt that going into Chelsea. So you never know. With a team that's going to come and play against us, if we can do our jobs well and things go well, there's a sniff in there for us. Okay. Well, there is, isn't there? Um, Otherwise, why are we going? Yeah, I'll turn up and convince myself we're going to win. I mean, I remember the game last December, actually passing you in the street, walking up towards Ellen Road and quite drunkenly saying, we're going to win. It's going to be magic. Something's <laughs> going to happen. And you just sort of looked at me like, you're an idiot. But, <laughs> but you know, that's what happens when you go to football. Okay, Rob. <laughs> we get to see Ben White again, who's now a right back. Yeah. That's weird, isn't it? The Love Island Maldini, I think, as he's been, uh, <laughs> he's been christened by the Arsenal fans. He, he has just got progressively more tanned the more I think he arrived at Leeds a bit tanned and then he, he just he just became more and more orange well, he's, 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 he's further south now isn't he? it's obviously sunnier down there in, uh, in the capital that is true so he's that been getting true. out getting some rays getting some more tats um, but yeah you look at him now he's a good player wasn't he really would like to, like to have kept him yeah. and you can see why Brighton didn't want to sell him yeah so where, where can we have some where can we get some joy in this well, let's, who who plays? Let's, let's 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 look at our record against them for some joy. As long as Mark Viduka plays, <laughs> <laughs> then I think we've had a chance of winning because that was the last time we won a game oh, against them. Actually, just looking through, I mean, obviously we had a big old break in between times, didn't we? But we did play them a few times in the cup, which has skewed the, the stats so many times some, in the cup, somewhat too many times in the cup. So let's let's go from our last victory there, fourth of May two thousand and three, so nearly twenty years ago. Okay, no, November two thousand and three, lost at home. Uh, January 2004 FA Cup loss um, uh, April 2004 lost away 5-0 January 2011 FA Cup drew that was fun wasn't it you remember that how was that Matt? yeah good wasn't it lost the replay uh, yeah. back at Ellen Road January 2012 lost in the FA Cup January 2020 lost in the FA Cup November 2020 uh, uh, drew in the Premier League that's exciting isn't it um, and then lost 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 don't need to go through them all yeah uh, I mean, but the tide's got to turn sometime, Michael. Martin Keown was playing last time we beat Arsenal. Mm. David Seaman was in net for him. It's a long, long time, is, is what that, I'm saying. Is that correct? This stat, nine wins from 45 games in your lifetime? Yeah, I looked at, when I was on the little 11 v 11, or a good website, we can look up teams' records against each other over the years. Yeah, and I, I tied him up. So nine, yeah, nine wins from 45 games. If only I'd been born in 1972. Mm. The, um, the mention of Martin Keown then has just reminded me of when he was a pundit at the side of the pitch at the Emirates in one of the cup games and he got yeah. hit on the head Michael by Brown. the ball by I think Michael Brown. That and was the, the, the draw I think, wasn't it? I can't remember now but he, he pretended It was that, the best thing uh, he did in his Leeds career though. Yeah, it was and Keown really pretended that he wasn't bothered <laughs> and you could tell it really annoyed him. <laughs> I'm bothered. Uh, yeah, Chris Kavanagh referee. Yeah, he's the guy who ah uh, oh, he gave Chelsea two penalties against us then last season. Mm. And Tierney's on yeah, yeah. Oh, our friend Paul Tierney. I'd, he wasn't that bad, was he? He wasn't that bad. He should have probably. He shouldn't have booked our fullbacks and should have sent off to Cora. Well, one is more stuff in our favour, unless in theirs. Who's playing for you in this game? Then who's up front? Probably Bamford. It's going to have to be Bamford because he needs to play his way back to fitness and form, doesn't he? I hope Sinistera comes back in and Rodrigo drops out. Mm. Yeah, I think other than that, it'll be the same, won't it? Unless Furpo's fit, he won't be fit. <laughs> and also, Stroud's been about our best player playing at left yeah, you, back. You wouldn't take so, him out, would you? No, no you'd, chance. You'd leave him in. Yeah, that is that is the Rodrigo question, isn't it? What just get, do we get what? Get, get rid of him. Get rid of him. <laughs> just, get, just drop him. <laughs> it doesn't work. It doesn't work there. If we think Bamford is the man up front and he needs to get some match fitness, he needs to play some games. And actually, if you look at it logically, this is probably one that you have down for zero points anyway. So let him have a game and try and get fit and try and get a bit of form back. But I just don't ever Great, want so to we've, see. So we've relegated this to a to a training exercise. I don't ever Excellent. want to see Rodrigo playing at number ten. Hmm. No, I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I'm quite happy that we've actually just been thoroughly underwhelmed by it, Rodrigo. <laughs> we were all saying at the start of the season, those few goals, not falling for it. Mm. And he was and, playing as a striker, wasn't he? Yeah. For quite a few of those. If, he's, if we play him up front, or he's the, we start him and Bamford comes on, or vice versa, I'm kind of all right with that, but not a 10. Please, God. Is um, the little Yank Badger, is he going to play at 10, do you think? Then? Probably, we move yeah. Back inside, Sinistera, playing uh, right, Jackie on the left. And I hope Sinistera just stands out wide mm. so someone is there you don't sound very happy at the minute Michael no 
sick of it. <laughs> Stupid game. <laughs> Come on, Rob. Give me something. Give me something positive to think about here. I mean, other than blind optimism, which I do have, and that's mm. what I'll bring. But uh, it's not based on anything. You, if that's what you youthful idiot. Sinister. I don't know. He's, he's got some magic in his boots, yes. hasn't he? And we need something like what happened against Chelsea, where their keeper just gave us a goal. A, ma- think- a madness. Was it? Who was it saying we needed a madness? Was it you? Uh, yeah, I, don't know if it was, I can't remember if it was on a podcast or before, but yeah, it needs like an early red card and a penalty and stuff to go wrong for Arsenal. A three goal head start, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, in, in a straightforward footballing contest, you, you would expect us to lose this one, wouldn't you? But if like, yeah, as, as happened with Chelsea, as you just said, Rob, if we can get a madness to happen, mm. unbalance the opponent. Yeah. You never know, do you? I'm a bit concerned about the big pirate as, as good as he's been at left back because Saka's dead good, isn't he? Mm. So he might run rings around him. I don't know. Or he could just... He's a lot smaller than him though. So just bully him. Like um, the Italian fella did. Just yanked his shirt. (laughs) Just tried to pull his head off. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we need to just... Because they are like Granite Xhaka at the minute, which is wrong. Yeah, it's really weird. So we just need him to do a stupid red card like (laughs) 10 minutes in, just two foot someone. And then natural order can be restored. Mm. I'm sure he should have been sent off like three times in the last few years we played him. He seems to always get away Mm, with it, Xhaka. Yeah, so there is historical form there, and it's funny how these things, these patterns, do have a habit weirdly sometimes of just reproducing themselves, don't they? I think the habit, the pattern that will reproduce itself, is, oh. <laughs> it's going to be that that column of four losses in a row, probably. <laughs> oh, you well. never know. You never know. Uh, listen, Michael, come on, we're in this because this is this is fun. This is escapism. This is our hobby, and you're not looking yes, forward to it. I am looking forward to Got it. Got a new issue of the mag out, haven't we? As well. Yeah, I, do you know? I do enjoy going to games. Yeah, I don't think you do. I do. Of course I do. What part, what, do you, what part of it do you enjoy? Shouting and stuff. Yeah. Carrying on. Final whistle. <laughs> <laughs> Normally with the sweet relief. Out of the house. Shouting some swear words. All good fun. <laughs> Great fun. Uh, Rob, anything to add to that? No, to be fair, they're two of my favourite things as well. So, yeah. You can step onto the street and shout as well, but... People frown upon it more than they do in a football yeah, stadium, don't they? Yeah. I think so, yeah. It's your, it's your opportunity to be an absolute idiot. Well, there you go. Um, so go along, shout, swear. And if you, if you watch it on the telly, you can do that as well, can't you? Gosh, you can. To a certain extent. So enjoy the game. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Heroes and Villains, yeah, we pick um, a good and a bad person from the last seven days. Uh, Michael, you want to do some um, discussion around format now as we do the Ken Bates Villain of the Week Award to kick off this segment? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of Jesse. Right. So I've had to split him out into categories. So we've got Jesse. We should say we get nominations from our TSB Plus members as well for this and yeah. ask them to nominate people and give reasons why. So we've got Jesse, tactics, stroke, style of play, right. game management, stroke, subs, and talking. Right. Are the three the three <laughs> categories. So where do you want to start? Uh, let's do... Uh, tactics and style. Okay. For 10. Yeah, people hate it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no name says the Wisconsin Warnock out of his depth. 
Mm, that's the fear, isn't it? I think that's that's the one thing to remember is that when we were like we were talking about this on the match ball, that when we lose, it it brings to bear all those worst fears about where this might head and the style of football. Mm. But it can work. It can work, but as Billy B says, only for twenty minutes. Mm. Yeah, I think um, Billy B sums up how I felt watching the second half as well. I'm in danger of switching off from this season because it was just boring. That was my main emotion watching that game. I was bored and I wanted it all to end. <laughs> all of it or just the game? Just the game. Yeah, okay. just the game. Just thank, the game. Thank God for that. Yeah, my, my concern around the tactics is that you, you gather we've sort of appointed based on data and analytics, but none of this data and analytics has ever been really properly tested in this division at this level. It's been tested elsewhere. Mm-hmm. It might work still. The thing is, it has worked for periods and it has got us in the lead against Southampton and Palace. So if we can do something different after that, then maybe that's okay. But I guess that's so, where... So go in front and then don't lose. Yeah, that'd be fine, wouldn't it? Which I guess is then where... Leads us into. Where the game management stuff comes in because Gareth Matt says the passive management did nothing until it was too late. Because, I mean, that was one of the, the accusations at, um, of Bielsa, wasn't it? The, the plan A, stick to plan A, regardless. Attack, attack, attack. We asked for better game management and we thought we were going to get it. But should we have maybe started to... Sp- Spoil like a bunch of horrible bastards after we got in front at 1-0. I don't even think it's the frustration is necessarily with that. I think it was more in the second half when clearly something needed to change. And Marsh himself was a big advocate for five subs. He talks about wanting to use the bench to make an impact. He talked last season about he doesn't want to make defensive subs. He wants to make subs to change the game. And we didn't see that really, did mm-hmm. we? And we haven't seen that for a, what feels like a long time. And I think it was after Southampton, he himself says... Yeah, got that wrong. And it sort of felt like the same at the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Jason Kay has mentioned it, hasn't he? Like, <clears throat> suggested it was a waste of space. Putting Gelhart, uh, a player that has got goals, assists, wins, penalties and so on, uh, putting him on for eight minutes is laughable. And he still nearly scored in that time. He's, yeah. Well, he had our only, admittedly, very weak shot, but it was a nice little bit of setup. Um, and Graham says as well that he just, strange substitutions, yet again, complete failure to adapt to opposition formation change. Mm. Because that's the thing, if they come out at halftime and with a different style... They want us to go. Well, this is therefore going to be difficult in these positions. But it felt like we just—that's what we said about like chip, what Moscow said, wasn't it? On um, mm. on propaganda about them chipping it over us, just deal with it. Yeah, we made like for like subs, didn't we? That was the thing. It was just, and they were predictable as well. Like it was so obvious Bamford was going to go off. Yeah, just because that's what we always do, and that Gellart would probably not get long enough, and that Rodrigo would get up front for a bit, and that wouldn't work. It just all feels it felt annoyingly predictable. Mm. I think was the was the problem. Talking, he talks as well. He says, says a lot and I think it's rubbing people up the wrong way. Mm-hmm. I'd sort of bracket this alongside, you know, like um, Angus Kinnear's programme notes, when things are going well, people kind of tolerate him and laugh along with him. When things are not going so well, people just think, shut up. Mm, hitching mics is Jesse Marsh, stop being so fucking cheerful and relentlessly optimistic and saying we played well when we didn't. Silly twat. <laughs> <laughs> I think that there's maybe a difference here, a little cultural clash on this. I know the American thing is kind of overdone and there probably is an element of him being harshly treated as a result of it. But he is very optimistic, isn't he? Mm-hmm. I sort of... And we as a nation are not. No, and I think particularly <laughs> Yorkshire is maybe... We're quite dour people. It's quite, a, <laughs> it's quite a difficult place, I think, for people to be... I think you would rather have... Like, gallows humour is, is well-received here. Yeah. And sarcasm is. And I don't think that's necessarily part of the, the psyche of Jesse Marsh. I, f- I find it hard to necessarily hold it against him because I don't think it's his fault it's just how he is but um, yeah it's not for me and I remember early on when he first took the job he was talking about flying into Leeds Bradford Airport and the guy at Passport Control saying to him oh so you're the guy that's here to save us and he went no I'm here for us to save us and I just thought (laughs) 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 you know it's it's gonna be a real clash of cultures here Um, do you know what it always goes down to it always comes back to this if we're winning on the pitch, people are fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, completely. If, if we're not perform, like you can say what the hell he wants if we're winning, and you can rub opposition managers up the wrong way as much as he likes if we're winning or it's working. I think when it stops working or you fear it's not, you start to think, shut up. And, and likewise, <laughs> though, when we're losing, it doesn't matter what he says. People are just going to say, "We'll fucking fix it." Like mm. it, you know, we don't want to hear from him at that point, do we? No, and you, and you don't want to hear. I think Bielsa almost had it right in that he barely said anything. When we, he tried to keep a lot of his press stuff as short as possible and he'd just say well because, because, he, because he had a supreme level of awareness he'd say of he's like, how the opposition are, yeah. were better than us and that would be 
pretty much as much as he would try and get away with saying often after a feat. Whereas Jesse looks for positives and he'll sort of he'll try to talk up the performance in a way that uh, it doesn't always merit. And then you get to the point of I mean this isn't this isn't just a Jesse Marsh thing. This happened when Dave Hockaday was manager and when Warnock was manager and they'd, you'd come in after a defeat and they'd say oh there were some really good things I saw there and you thought not really not certainly not enough not enough to to be cheerful on this. Wisconsin Todd actually makes a. Uh, Makes a, ni- a nice point. It says um, coaches so rarely know the difference between spinning optimism in the locker room when you're trying to create or maintain belief and spinning optimism to a public that sniffs out bullshit in a nanosecond. Yeah, and I think that's part of the and that. But that goes back the to the, the whole idea of self awareness, doesn't it? And being aware of how people consume what you're saying. Mm. I'd be interested to know. I, mean, like, I do speak to a few American fans just about Jesse, and I think he is of a particular stripe of coach that does this kind of the performative stuff on the touchline. They're not all like that because you know you obviously don't want to tar everyone with the same brush but there is I think that culture at a particular there's a niche for it I think mm. I don't know how widespread it is don't have enough experience of American sport but they'd be interested to know from American fans how he's perceived there and I think there's probably a little bit of wishful thinking built into how American fans want him to be they want him to succeed we all want him to succeed obviously mm. but I think there's there's more investment in it there in the sense that he maybe goes on to become the national coach eventually and they, so they kind of want it to work for that reason as well and it absolutely could still work because we're because of the position we're in and expecting to be in you know, it's win many games yeah. and it and it can be judged to have worked yeah you know, just, if, we, if we get two more, two more wins between now and the World Cup against in the games that we're expected to win a couple of draws it suddenly starts to look fine and then mm. you know you're less worried about it aren't you yeah and it goes, but it goes back to the Premier League and just back to winning let's um, let's externalise our blame then shall we or let's, in fact let's do all the Leedsy ones first because Jackie and Aronson got a, a single nomination. It's a good point, this, this. Two men to take a corner. Why? It's clearly not fooling anyone. Better to have an extra man in the box. Well, continue, do we do that so, so you're not sure whether they've got an in-swinger or an out-swinger and they pat their heads and stuff? That was fun. That <laughs> I was, was going to say, that was the best bit of the game, wasn't it, when they were just stood there doing that? The patting yeah. of heads was good. <clears throat> so, are we letting him off? Or do we turn our attention to Mark Jackson for this because he's now in charge of set pieces? Mm. So is that his fault? Yes. Right. <laughs> Uh, say yes. So uh, Cooper gets a couple of nominations as well for he's gone back to League One Liam again. Yeah, against Palace. Thinking though. he was prime Maldini against some of the fastest players in the league. Just stick to what you're good at and get rid. And someone with the name of <laughs> just boot it, Cooper. Just fucking boot it, Cooper. Has nominated Cooper. Hell of a decision some years back to get <laughs> named that at birth. Mm, yeah, but yeah, we know what Cooper was there nominated for. But uh, it's hard to say, isn't it? Because when he wasn't in the team, everyone wanted him in the team. Yes, um, and Rodrigo. The guy we've mentioned on this show as well, totally absent. This style amplifies his weaknesses and marginalises what he's, what strengths he has. Feels like it's over. Who can't, says afford, that? That can't was... afford for it to be over, Dan. That's what you told me. But no, that's what Kinnear told me. I was, don't don't shoot the messenger here. <laughs> yeah, I think that plays into it. But I think I think they'll they'll move him on maybe in the summer or when he's, they'll let his contract run down. Just doesn't seem like it's going to ever work out to any consistent level, does it? It's just so frustrating to still be talking about this. I was really looking forward to this season, kind of not having to have the Rodrigo mm. debate, debate every week because it was like we seem to be signing players and moving on from him and then a couple of injuries and it's like he's playing every week still. You think, ah, oh, just doesn't. <laughs> I mean, like people saying he was totally ab- absent and Mark from, York, Mark from York saying simply being invisible. The games where he's, where he's invisible, I get less annoyed at him because I don't notice him. Whereas mm. it's the games where he's on the ball and like Brighton at home last year when he was just giving it away yeah. like, oh god I'd never want to see him again spinning around for ages then passing it to them mm. like, brilliant yeah the board gets some attention as well I like this now I mean you can dive into this quote if you want but the name itself more pessimistic than Michael MPTM very good <laughs> I like that is there anybody uh, who's more pessimistic than you um, Steve Nichol yes he is no, I think he's just he's dour <laughs> isn't he he's just dour about so, yeah. yeah. somebody actually asked me whether your pessimism was like an act like, no, 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 we, we, don't, we don't pretend on this show. Nope. No, it's, it genuinely is like this. Like you, like you believe everything's just going to, at some point, collapse around you, don't you? Like it all. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And it rarely does, does it? Uh, well, I don't know. We spent 16 years in the championship. I don't know if you missed that bit. Oh, uh, yeah. That was, <laughs> that was quite that. bad. Have you, seen the heat? Have you seen your heating bill recently? Well, That's not. fucked. Have <laughs> <laughs> you on a variable rate mortgage? Here he goes. That's knackered. Go on. <laughs> Fixed rate for another four and a half years. Even despite what Liverpool are trying to do, the ice caps are still melting. We're all going to be underwater soon. <laughs> Fixed rate, and I don't turn my heating on. <laughs> That's the only way around it. Put on a jumper. Uh, more pessimistic than Michael is um, turning their ire towards the board. Rads and his clowns, the invisible 49ers, uh, and so on and so forth. And again, the alternative, we pissed 30 million on to still not know his best position. 
talking about Rodrigo again then I guess mm. yeah I, I, yeah I don't think we've we've invested that wisely have we since we've come up no a couple of people nominating Bamford as well Matt and, um, and Adsham who says I'm not buying him being rusty no amount of WD40 in the world could cure him from more often than not making the right decision from not making the right decision or make, not making one at all right right so is that all the lazy the lazy ones uh, yeah I think so Somerville gets a couple of mentions for just not doing much but you know yeah, that's a bit unfair, isn't it? <laughs> he didn't have much time, did he? <laughs> He's a mere child. Uh, Zach is is in Australia, nominates his daughter for, why is this then? So early morning in Australia and she comes out from bed, having wet herself at the exact moment, Liam Cooper decided to start golden showering the team <laughs> with his foul for the first goal. From that moment, we never really stopped pissing ourselves. Uh, no more water after 5pm and a tactical wee before bed for Liam Cooper, so for, for his daughter <laughs> from now on. Uh, TJ nominates himself if we're going to more obscure ones because midway through the first half I said out loud I'm enjoying this what a colossal fucking idiot I think I said the same in fairness after the first 20 minutes it was like this is good yeah I regretted after about 25 minutes saying god these are shit these <laughs> you see your problem you've got you've, you're having to go at Jesse for talking you two talk mm. too much mm. idiots uh, Tierney got some um, some uh, ire as well god Dermot Gallagher thought he got it wrong did he he did yeah which is Basically never happens. So Dermot Gallagher, former ref who, who flits between his native Irish accent and some bizarre English television accent that he puts on, doesn't he, for the Sky audience. Mm. But yeah, he thought he was very, very fortunate to, um, to have stayed on. This is the Curry on um, Adams. Yeah. yeah. So and that's as close as Gallagher ever really gets to saying, yeah, he was wrong. Says, I, think, I think the opposite thing that happened could have happened is what he tends to say rather than just going, yeah, that's wrong. So yeah, him and... Um, Everyone else nominated him too because everyone hates refs. It's what we get. It's what we do now. I, I did enjoy um, Ben's one because it's it's the most obscure bit of predictive text I've ever seen because Ben says probably the ref, uh, well, it's not a howler for both decisions, probably spicules could have had three yellows and didn't get sent off. What are spicules? I mean, well, like... when you look at it on it, when you look at when those letters are on, um, on, a key, on a keyboard, it's obviously decore and it's corrected itself to spicules and it's a slender, pointed, usually hard body. Um, one of the that's, minute, that's, you, that's you, isn't it, Michael? <laughs> one, of the minute, one of the minute calcareous or siliceous bodies that support the tissue of various invertebrates such as sponges. Spicule. So there, so that's the that's just for the obscure sponges are nominated. Wow. So there you go. And Lucy, to nominate an old referee, nominates Atwell for sending off Sinistera and subsequently taking away the player capable of producing something to keep us in the game. Yeah. Which is, which is fair enough. And, and Lucy does describe him as a fucking bellend as well. That should be added. That is correct. Didn't want to miss that. Uh, speaking of which, Zaha, I, I thought it was quiet actually, mm. by his usual standards. But idiot bitch Andy nominates him, says the whole world's against him and he's thoroughly pissed off about it. Um, he hates opposition players for daring to be near him. He hates his teammates for passing or not passing to him. Most of all, he hates football and having to live with the curse of being good at it. <laughs> Twat. <laughs> uh, yeah, and James says, complains at himself, complains at the ref, complains at his own players, complains at opponents. That is just how a, he comes across. Just a whiny they? big bag of bones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There was there was that nice moment where the ball went out for a Leeds throw-in and it was just a completely normal decision and he looked around like not knowing who to blame and he was just sort of <laughs> whining like, well, someone's fault, that can't be fair. I have the ball. He's got, he's got resting bitch face, hasn't he? Yeah, I, I think his face is a problem. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he might, it, it, I think, because it, it's just how he always looks. I don't think I've ever seen him look happy. Yeah, no, maybe, maybe he is. Maybe he is happy. Maybe it's all internal. Mm. Maybe he smiles inside. I don't know. Uh, uh, on other Palace moaners are you've got a couple as well um, Katie nominates him for having a go at Cock after the head injury uh, sort of suggesting that Cock might have done it on purpose yeah um, Casillas and Puyol get a mention for their stupid fucking tweets yeah why just don't do that uh, Ralph Ranick um, yes it's an, it's an obscure one but it's for um, Jean-Luc Colombo has nominated him for essentially bringing this style of football to the world and Jesse Marsh who's copied it right Okay. And he asks us because he's scum. Well, Palace Drummer gets some nominations yeah. um, and some for Sellers Park as well. Um, Kim, who was actually there, was saying couldn't see anything, basically. Um, Welcome to the West Stand. <laughs> yeah. Um, couldn't see anything for half the game. Steps aren't steep enough. Missed the goal. I mean, it is. I've been to Palace a few times and it is very old-fashioned. I sort of like it. Mm, yeah. It is dreadful, though. You can't lament the loss of, like, old-school football grounds, can you? And think that you'd want to go to some shitty, four-sided, generic dome thing. Mm. I mean, I was... I remember one time being there and I was right at the back 
and it's one of those where you can just about see the opposition touch the opposite touchline because it's the pitch of the roof and everything. There was a gantry in the way as well, which had John Salako on it. It was having um, chanted at him by Leeds fans. Graham Smith um, sent a photograph pre-match of it. It's like, look, yeah, it's like the old letterbox effect because mm. you get the sort of darkness of the roof, stand roof, and then the bit underneath. And uh, and can, you can just see sort of a sliver of grass mm. through the middle. Um, but as I did, I replied to him pointing out that that, that did hide the view of Croydon beyond. <laughs> That's true. The That's sand. true. And, right. and Matt rightly points out we never get anything there. Right, who's your villain of the week? Your Ken Bates villain of the week, named after our former it's chairman. Be, it's gonna have to be Jesse, isn't it? Mm. Is it? He's got he's got the most nominations by a very, very long way. When you it's not a popularity contest though, Michael. It's we're gonna go on qualitative evidence. When you're categorizing it, yeah. It's exactly. quite damning, I feel. Do we want to do we want, not want to give him time to turn this around, starting with Arsenal? Well, we were saying he was being too positive. So let's give him this as a negative. <laughs> Is this his negative reinforcement? Is this what Rodrigo likes when he likes his positive uh, and negative reinforcement? I think negative reinforcement. We were this was explained to us and we've forgotten. Negative reinforcements is when <laughs> it's something is a good thing, isn't is it? when something bad stops happening. So like oh, if, okay. is, is it like if you like if you were to touch the fire and it's too hot, you wouldn't do it again because you you've burned yourself and you no, think No, it's you know? like if if you normally get a bollocking for something and then you don't because you've stopped doing it, that is a good thing. I don't know. I, it, it was Jane explained it. He's having Sorry, it. Jane, we've we've, we've mangled it already. We've mangled it because we're idiots. <laughs> uh right, the Gitano Barada is having yeah, it's Jesse then. Yeah, yeah. Do better. <laughs> it's not real, is it? Just make us happy again. Uh, the Kitano Barardi Hero of the Week award. Mm, a very, it's probably the the most empty entries I've ever seen. Really, on this, a lot of people just didn't bother. Uh, and Wisconsin Todd did actually nominate us for not making it a required field on the feedback form. <laughs> so yeah, there were there were not a huge number of nominations, mainly for Rasmus and the Big Sexy Pirate. Yeah, who did score highest in the um, in the out of tens as well that we mentioned on. On propaganda, so fullbacks not the problem. Everybody else the problem. Yeah, but yeah, Katie says, uh, do we take the parent approach and give it to Christensen for really trying hard and getting better? Which yeah. I think is fair enough. That's positive reinforcement, isn't it? Yeah, he's got better. Yeah, and uh, just basically lots of people saying he was by far his best performance. And against I do the realize we're, we're, we're up against us this weekend, as we've just been speaking about. So this time, <laughs> so yeah. Well, it'd be Martin. He can't do much worse than drama last year can he against Martinelli I mean Trent Alexander-Arnold didn't do great at the weekend so he did not he did not but he did it in a green way yeah but he's spent anyway and we all know that <laughs> 24 absolutely gone <laughs> uh, dear me uh, yeah the big sexy pirate I want to pull out uh, some of the uh, the mentions in here for the big sexy pirate during the game I, I came up with possibly the worst chant ever didn't I was saying uh, you know like the, oh you shit bastard we do you sexy pirate and then give an ar. But it's never going to happen. You said it? it on here now as well. Yeah. It's obviously never happened, never could. You but... try to get your hook into the cop at the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was good though, wasn't he? Um, MD, MG Dodger says um, he's now become a, a big, beautiful, marauding left back. Yeah, yes. Uh, Ryan, who subscribes to Moan, is back. Uh, Pascal, just love the the great big Cali lookalike. That's K-H-A-L-I. Is that a wrestler? He's a wrestler. I didn't. I had to look him up as well. Oh, yeah. He's got a strong jawline. I... I the hair. It's a harsh lookalike. <laughs> if you've ever seen the mask, he looks a bit like the if, Jim Carrey film. Yeah, yeah. When um, when he puts the mask on I, and and he gets that accentuated kind of yeah, face. he, lo- he yeah, looks yeah. like a, a Pascal Strout version. Less green though of that. Yeah, less green, less green, less She-Hulk. Not a handsome man though. I wouldn't say Cali. Although I would you say it to his face? face. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's all it's all just uh, it's all just for show that muscle. I'm sure he's not very tough at all, <laughs> despite the fact he appears to be. A giant. So those are the front runners. Who else have we got nominations think, wise? Well, I think Lu- um, Lucy's nomination also needs to be mentioned right. because I didn't know this. It said uh, there aren't many men with butterfly tattoos that can be as damn confident and sexy as him. I didn't know he had a butterfly tattoo. I mean, how big is it? Is it like across his whole shoulder blades down his back? Is it, is it like it? your one that you've got on your hip? A little uh, sexy one? Next to the dolphin. <laughs> next yeah. to the dolphin, of yeah. course. And the, the Chinese symbol. So and the, as well. Yeah, and it's juicy written above your, uh, <laughs> just above the arse as well. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Oh, what an image. <laughs> Little Tasmanian devil on the tit. That's always a nice look. <laughs> All the classy ones. Uh, dear. Uh, who else is uh, not getting the tramp stamps this week then? Who else? Uh, the World Cup gets a nomination. Uh, just for giving us a break from it, but if we're sticking on Leeds things... Uh, I, f- I feel like there's, there's quite a lot you could criticise about the World Cup. Giving us a bit of a break doesn't necessarily mitigate all the other stuff. Mm, yeah, Cock gets a couple of nominations. Um, some for playing well. And a couple for making Ayu bleed, uh-huh. basically. James Weller described him as an endless mass of head clashes. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. does He does get one every game, doesn't he? And also someone points out that 
they hope him and the big sexy pirate dress up as pirates for Halloween. That would be, yeah, that would be good. Because they would both look good. Yeah, it, Cock would pass as a pirate, although he does he does have sort of World War One pilot vibes about him with that tash, doesn't he? Like you can imagine him with a scarf billowing backwards. Given he's German, do you want to talk about World War One? Hadn't thought about it from that angle. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we'll scrap that, move on to, uh, speaking of pilots, the, the people, uh, airport slash plane people, is, this is the heading. Uh, Thomas wants to nominate the people who safely got the team off the, uh, off the um, aeroplane. Although it turned, we didn't even talk about what actually happened, did we, in the news, but nothing really happened. There was a bit of smoke. But like I said, if, if I was on a plane and smoke was in the cabin or in the cockpit, or if the, if the pilot came over and said, You'd fucking shit your pants. Yeah, true. Well, what, in fact, what you would think is, I knew this had happened. <laughs> yeah, I don't, oddly enough, I don't really worry when I'm on a plane. Yeah. I, I, really hope, I really hope there's no one flying listening to this. I know. <laughs> and also, I think, well, at least it'd be quick. <laughs> it's, better than, it's, better than, it's better than the slow heat death of the planet, I suppose. Over and done with. <laughs> Under-21s get some love as well for doing well, Josh. Don't bother with your seatbelt, it's not going to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Smash into a mountain. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, under 21s and Joffy get some nominations. Sat there in a life jacket. <laughs> North face of the Eiger. Yeah. <laughs> Where, how far from how far from land am I? Oh, about 80 miles. Right, brilliant. Can, at least I can bob around. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Joffy for gets a nomination for at least attempting to kick the ball into the net. <laughs> Uh, which he did very weakly right uh, hero of the week go on uh, is that everyone oh Aronson got some oh yeah we, we need to mention him as well um, yeah that I mean we didn't do it, do him enough justice in the um, in the match ball I think or propaganda because we got so caught up in the angst of losing that um, we didn't celebrate his incredible run enough did we yeah which was stolen from him really uh, fellow said it, it was de- deserved to ping in off both posts hit the keeper on the back of the head and go in um, taking his unofficial goal tally to three, uh, but it, it didn't. And it was we we didn't give big pirate credit for the Megs either. That was a it was a nutmeg goal, wasn't it? There was a nice moment when um, the camera panned to Aronson just after the celebration, and you could tell he was a little bit annoyed. You can't like, be a bit disappointed. Yeah. I'm glad we've scored, but I really wanted that to be mine. <laughs> <laughs> right, is uh, is one of those two? It's, it's going to be Rasmus or the big sexy pirate or Aronson who gets it. I'm inclined to go big sexy pirate. I'd go Rasmus just to yeah. encu- just to encourage okay. him. It's been a bad start, but well, it's not been a great start anyway. I think a bit of it, some improvement there. Keep going because God knows you're going to need it at the weekend. Did it? Did he get mm. caught out for any of the goals? Um, both of them. It <laughs> <laughs> <He, he> won't. <laughs> uh, I mean, arguably both goals. But so, so do you want to hold that against him? No, I mean the second the second goal. You, you def- definitely can't pin on him entirely, can you? Because there was there were many bits that went wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he's he's the one standout candidate from this week. Although a big sexy pirate did score, and it's a tough one. He made that good block as well, didn't he? That he celebrated. Someone did. Um, someone did mention that in the, the hero nominations. Actually, mm. that him celebrating tackles is kind of fun. Well, the sexy pirate must have had it already by now at some point. I would think so. Yeah. All right. Let's give it to Rasmus then. Especially given that we know what could happen this weekend, so we want him to be happy for at least a short time. Okay. And then we, and then we can give him the villain next week. <laughs> so congratulations to, to Rasmus Christensen and. Uh, Unlucky that red card for for two yellows on Saka in the first half hour. <laughs> Michael, put on your life jacket. Uh, we'll wrap up the show there. We'll be back with more. We've got the match ball after the game on Sunday. That'll be fun. Yes. <laughs> and we will speak to you then. The Square Ball Podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.